All right, all right, every welcome everybody to another episode of Three Birds in a Punt. My name is Afia, and I am joined with my co-host John. Say hey, John. Hey, hey, how you doing? All right. So the three birds are happy to announce that we have partnered with Amaze Media Labs to be the official Eagles podcast for the Pigskin Network. You can find the three birds on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Megaphone, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're also on Twitter and on Instagram at three birds and a punt. You see it scrolling down the screen. Please download and subscribe. We really appreciate all the fan support we've been getting. Um, The title of tonight's episode, episode 49, is Sixers at Grit and the Eagles Sit. Shout out to my boy John for an awesome title. Um, We're missing one third of the birds, but Whip will be back with us soon. Uh, And, you know, John's our go-to basketball guy anyway, so I definitely think our first topic is is amazingly in his capable hands. the Sixers are in the and the, the NBA's in the you know the height of free agency. There are deals being handed out left and right. Uh, KD wants out. Kyrie Irving wants out. You know where who knows where 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 things are going to land. And and here are the Sixers, hopefully you know setting up certain pieces um, to to make a real real actual run for this championship. Um, we recently signed PJ Tucker and James Harden opt out um, in order to, you know, come in at a lower level to help, you know, bring the team along. So I'm just interested to get your take, John, on on how you see these moves that the Sixers have made thus far in free agency. And um, are you trusting the Daryl Morey way? Thank you. I appreciate that. How you doing, family? Thank you for joining us. Um I think Daryl Morey has a good handle for what needs to be done. Um, we didn't make the splash signings, but the main we got the main guy we needed, PJ Tucker. Definitely a, a will guy, somebody that's an enforcer. Um, Daniel House, when they were in Houston, that dude as a even as a rookie, he was really really nice for them, and um, good solid. Long, small forward slash power forward that could really add some depth to the front court. Um, break some breaking news: this, uh, James Harden intends to sign his two-year deal with this remain with the Sixers, and I think that's a great. I'm glad it was right below the supermax because it allowed us the flexibility to even sign, even sign and trade a PJ Tucker and a Daniel House, and they're still trying to get Eric Gordon. Um, Markeith Morris wants to come here. So that could be a, a great pairing being from North Philly. Um, we'd, lo- we'd love that. That would be like having Mike Scott back times three because him and his brother, the Morris twins, they're the real deal. That They're, they're, they're the type of – just like P.D. Tucker, they're the type of guys you want on your team because they're winners, they're professional, and they add a certain layer of, of tenacity and toughness that when times get tough, you know those guys are going to get that rebound, tip that pass. They're, they're going to tip that ball so their teammate gets it and then he sets up the transition offense. Like those are very underrated, very underrated things that can help. And they also help with the transition, offense and defense. And our transition game last year was 
with that with the without Maxi, um, it was kind of putrid. It was kind of yeah. stale. They, um, I think as the season went on, it got a little better. But Doc's rotations like kind of exposed that too. When you have bigger, slower guys that don't really match up well with what the the Raptors are doing. It's not fair. So they definitely Daryl Morey and their team, they really did the right thing. They added some meat to their bones. Now nobody can really mess with us. You have yeah. Paul Reed have an amazing showing in the the summer camp so far. Um Charles Bassey. They, they not only to mention they have uh George Nyang coming back mm-hmm. and Tobias. And yeah. I know that's the biggest thorn in our side. Should we trade Tobias his contract? He didn't, you know what? He didn't offer that contract to himself. Mm-hmm. That money was offered. So honestly, I think we should keep Tobias. You keep mm-hmm. him. He's a glue, he's a great guy, too. You just need another great guy. Because then when you got look at the Pistons, the Pistons of the 80s, they had Bill Lambert, Rick, Rick Mahorn, uh Rodman. They had some tough dudes, uh, Mark Aguirre, Vinny Microwave Johnson, Isaiah, like they, Mark Jack, uh, what's his name? Um, the other Mark, I forget his name. Damn, that's bad. But uh, like that, that piston, like that toughness, like you come inside, there's going to be two dudes here ready to block your shot. You better pass it. That's mm-hmm. what we're missing. And we added that. Happy for them. Um, Therese Maxey looks good. And he's an ascending star. He he's going to be special if Doc and their team really hand over the keys to him. That's going to be very vital to the success of their season going forward. They got to get design plays for that for that dude because he's special, and he's his own biggest critic. Yeah, and that is only going to propel his game. To like, I see it similar to what what D Wade went through, Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. similar to that. What do you mean by that? I'm intrigued because I agree with you. You know, I definitely think that the the team is making a lot of good moves, especially uh, in order to make the bench stronger. Um, because that was a real liability for us, especially as we got deeper in the playoffs. Um, having a, another big that could really do hold his own. Um while Joe is Jojo's out for stretches is really important. And I think the most important thing is that doc lets the young guys gain experience. You know, it's not for him to wait towards the end of the season to start getting these guys minutes. You're putting them in these summer leagues. You should be continuing to allow that uh, uh, progress and that growth to maturate um, in order, you know, by keeping them going in games, you know, don't have them be, working on their game all throughout the summer just to sit them on the bench throughout the year. Very true. I agree. Especially case in point, what happened to Jaden Springer? Like he got in like the last eight minutes of the last game. <laughs> like, come on, Doc. It, he's does, your it first doesn't do pick. anything. It he's, doesn't do anything. You know? he, he needs to get, he needs to get his butt. He needs to get burnt. He needs yeah. to get some, get in foul trouble, he needs that. Like these he needs to learn how to have composure. He needs to learn how to handle pressure moments. He needs to learn how to be the last guy taking a shot. All of these things 
are not as easily stimulated in summer league because it doesn't matter as much as these real games. And I think that we really need to be given an opportunity to, to these young guys. And I worry that we're making all these moves for all these players, but eventually really it's going to end up being coaching, 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 coaching. Yep. Um, and that'll be our downfall because Doc won't, you know, he's an old dog that won't no- learn new tricks. Mm-hmm. Or have lineups that are like putrid, where you yeah. have like all the big dudes and no shooter. And George yeah. and Yang trying to guard Paul George. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just things that don't make sense or, and and actually are in some ways detrimental to, to the team. Um, but we'll see. You know, there's, it's still still a long time before opening season. Um, and and we'll see what the what what the basketball uh, the 2023 basketball season holds holds for the Sixers. Um, I want to get into our next topic. Back to our beloved Eagles, who are on a much needed summer holiday break, and soon, um, in less than two weeks, we'll be getting right back to to training camp. And finally, oh my God, finally football is back. I like. I don't know about you, but my I feel like my timeline has been the driest it's ever been because there's no football, so there's like basically nothing engaging going on. Um, so you know, as as excellent excellent fans of the team, we're trying to find something to talk about, and um and John came up with another great topic. Um, is this the last hurrah for you know Fletcher Cox and and I added Brandon Graham, you know, because he's coming off an Achilles. Um, that's a pretty serious injury. He's the longest tenured player on the Eagles, and he's the longest tenured player in the city of Philadelphia right now in all the the four major sports. Um, so, so it is almost in a sense um, an end of an era for for these guys on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm I'm very interested to get your take on. Do you think that this is the last season we'll see these guys in an Eagles uniform other than when they um, retire with us? <coughs> oh, excuse me. It's, 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 it's going to be a kind of bittersweet, not even bittersweet, a somber moment when Fletcher Cox is wearing another uniform next year. Hmm. I, I really believe that. Um, they over, Howie overpaid for him this year. Because they love him, they absolutely love Fletcher Cox. He's lived up to everything they've they've wanted since they drafted him in 2011. Like the dude has panned out. He's put in the work. He's gotten better every year. He's an All Pro. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. Honestly, um, is his play diminished? It's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Honestly, a lot. I, I went and watched. The all twenty-two of a lot of his plays from last year, and he he looked okay. He looked okay. He gets a lot. He demands a lot of a lot of attention on the line. Teams game plan to take him out of the play mm-hmm. a lot of the time. So it's tough to really evaluate if he if it's a his play is falling off. He can't get through a ball oh, or B. Fletcher's play has fallen off in a big way. You already know my opinion on that. He's, I, he should have been I, traded. I think, two seasons ago. I think it's more the alternate, only because teams now know they look for the center. Oh, even even coverage 91 91. Up, oh, we're running this way. Yeah, we're running. I would say that. I would, I would say they're running away from the strength of the defense. I'd give you that, but I'd also say that 
there's a little bit of the times where you could see where he just wasn't up to where he, he normally was and he used to be. And that's fine. Cause you know, you get older, he's, he's over 30. So at that time, that's when some of these limitations start, start setting in. And I really do think his turf toe injury had a real impact on his birth, his get off, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, him having to adjust to that and even having to adjust to the fact that this whole entire scheme is going to be different. He was in attack penetrate mode for most of his career. And now he's going to be in a way more complicated alignment. Um, it's going to have a lot of bumps and bruises. I, I don't think he'll necessarily be as much of a focal point in the, in the defense that he used to be, but he's still going to have a serious impact. The same thing with Brandon Graham, just, just their reputation alone it gives them a level of respect that, you know, you have to, to have to pay attention to. You have to be willing to, to, um, to, to, to scheme them out of the play, so to speak. Very true. Very true. Brandon Graham, he'll probably end up playing another year too. I think, I think this, he'll play this year and come back and decide he doesn't want to hang him up. <laughs> I mean, I just it would be so hard to see me see Brandon Graham um, in another uniform. So honestly, in my mind, he's going to retire with the Philadelphia Eagles. Like that's full stop. So this might be his last season, his last hurrah. But he will retire with us. I don't even consider. He. I don't think it's. I just can't consider his family moving and leaving. Just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Fletcher, on the other hand. I can see him still maybe having something to prove, maybe still thinking he's got something left in the tank, thinking that this isn't his last, you know, go and he, you know, he can still perform at at a level or be that, you know, something of like a Chris Long type journeyman type, you know, um, defensive tackle. So uh, we'd have to see. It's it's, going to be somber when he leaves to see another great go. Like definitely a hall, definitely Eagles ring of honor. Both of them, both of them, Eagles Hall of Famers. Hopefully, the voters in Canton get them in because they both were very effective. I know, I think Fletcher has a better chance. He is what fifty-eight sacks as a defensive a run stuff and defensive tackle. That's, that's pretty darn good. Yeah, six Pro, I Bowl, mean, six Pro Bowls, four All Pro, like. I think I think, I think there's Bowl, a definitely a perception that they're gonna make it into the Hall of Fame. He has the but they may be really insulted by how long they have to wait. Yeah, Fletcher's gonna be old. Fletcher's gonna be like 50s, 60s. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think at one point you did have Fletcher in that level of that conversation, but unfortunately, he's never won defensive player of the year. Um and I'm not sure how often he's been an all pro. So it's just four times, four times, six time pro bowler, four time all pro. He was on the all decade team. What else? Oh, yeah, he was on, he was on that all decade team. Yeah, he was on the all decade team. And so I, I have mad respect for Fletcher and I think Fletcher is an amazing athlete um i do think that his play has kind of fallen off in the last few years and that 
may have an impact on his candidacy um, when they look at some of these other guys, you know, because they're going to be comparing him to his, to his contemporaries. And unfortunately, you know, he's out here at the same time that Aaron Donald is out here. And when you look at them two, you're going to continue to be thinking, well, why couldn't, Fle you know, Flesh almost was, you know, as good as, you know what I mean? So I do think that that will play a, a little bit of a, a drag on his candidacy. I think I think Fletch is gonna be. He's gonna have a crazy year. He's gonna come back, guns blazing. I hope so. I hope so. Um, I've been looking for it for like two, three seasons. Ever since the the, the toe injury, I've been hoping for him to come back with that urgency and that power and that fire. And I just don't. Was see that the year after the year after the Super Bowl win? 2019. Yeah, I, when we played um, the Saints and he got hurt, I think it was a playoff game, and oh, he got yeah. hurt, and you know things kind of just never got back in the right groove. That's true. Um, that you know that it should have been, you know, I um, and that's what I think kind of worries me is that it's been a long time and he still hasn't kind of gotten back to that level. Can you believe that Jason Peters is still a starting player for the – I think he plays for the Browns, the Bears, right? Um, And nothing about Jason Peters surprises me anymore. That man refuses to hang it up, and I respect that. I respect the guy that says, I still got something left in the tank, and I'm going to go out here and prove it. And, hey, damn it, he is. Um, you he know, might be, He might be our first Hall of Famer out of that group. He definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, because the way that he was able to transition from a tight end with the Bills to a left tackle and, and anchor that position for over a decade after having two Achilles injuries, two ACL, like the number of um, things that should have taken out any other athlete that didn't stop him. I, I There's no doubt in my mind that Jason Peters is – one of the best left tackles in NFL history. And when he retires, he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer without question. Without question. There's no doubt about that. All right. Let's like the bodyguard. It. I love the bodyguard. <laughs> oh, I love the bodyguard. I mean, I, it, it's it's kind of bittersweet how it ended with with us. Um, but I love the bodyguard. I think I think he's excellent. I think he's excellent, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I love what he gives and the energy. Um, but we're going to go ahead into our um, our ad spot. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbooks is giving a new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet. Make your first bet. Up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with the same game par same game parlay, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Um, I am, myself, pretty excited about these uh, tennis matches. Um, I was pretty excited about Serena. She she didn't go in, but I'm I'm excited to see who's next gonna play. Um, 
And also the the WNBA has been super exciting, and I'm definitely rooting for the Atlanta Dream. Best of all, the DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook Act now. Use promo code TPP and you see it scrolling down the screen. Make your virtual deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. New York Liberty. WNBA has been cooking. Right? Man, I've been seeing some crazy highlights from them, and I'm just, I'm I'm super excited, super excited. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think the Phillies are good. Phillies, the new manager, Rob Thompson, has turned it around. They've won eight of the last 10 series. And they're at, earlier this, I think Wednesday, Thursday of this week, they had possession of a playoff spot. And I think they still hold it going into the weekend. And uh, we just finished off the Nats the other day. They're looking pretty good. Just waiting to get Bryce oh, Harper I'm back. I'm so excited. Um, it's going to be really, really, really cool to actually care about the the Phillies again, you know? Yeah, um, I agree. So that's, that's something that's going to be really exciting. So let's step into um, our second to last topic of the night. Um, I want to kind of just briefly touch over this. Um Miles Sanders had an interview some weeks ago. It popped off on Eagles Twitter for a bit where he kind of basically said that the team was stacked and, you know, that he had that he had pretty high expectations. And as you know, uh, Negadelphia's want to do, those comments got completely, in my opinion, blown out of proportion and sort of kind of fed this whole ethos of, like, we can't have nice things. You know, and and because Miles said what everybody's been thinking, all of a sudden our season is cursed. Um, where do you find, where do you fall on on that spectrum of of Miles's comments and just the overall vibe? He was being brutally honest. Um, I, I it was good to see that because you know it was eating him up. He had his play. It's kind of even though his rushing numbers have been up with 5.5 yards per carry, his pass receiving has dropped drastically. Mm-hmm. That rookie, his rookie year, we were like, Whoa, is this like Danian Tomlinson? Yeah, I think he has to stay healthy and stop thinking so much because, mm-hmm. like, all of his drops, he's like, Oh, catch the ball. Like, he yeah, should I definitely live, think he should a- live on a jugs machine. He just had his. So right. Football camp this week. Uh, tomorrow, he um he's a good guy, though. Pittsburgh native. Um, he he, I I I like him. I like him. I wish him all the best in this world. He's gonna be, he's gonna be good. This is a make or break year for him, because yeah. um, if the Eagles don't resign him, he's not gonna find a big deal on the open market. He's gonna have to come no. back on a one year prove it deal. Like no more than six million a year because the running backs aren't really getting paid like that anymore. The whole court, the right, and I and I and then I don't think the Eagles have ever necessarily valued running backs too high, you know. I think, and you look at these bloated contracts. Christian McCaffrey's in a bloated contract. I bet the Panthers wish they could get out of. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Zeke is on a bloated contract. I bet the the Cowboys wish they could get out of. The Saquon Barkley's on a bloated contract. Mm-hmm. I wish the Giants wish they could get out of. Like I, the Howie Roseman is not going to be shelling out any top tier uh, money for for a running back, um, especially one who can't consistently catch the ball. Like you said, um, him needing to be more consistent out of the backfield as a three down back him needing to be more decisive when he hits the holes, him not fumbling as much. There's definitely a lot riding on this season for Booby. So I definitely don't think that his his like athletes should be confident in their ability to go out and execute their job. Because if he came and hemmed and hauled and said, mm, I really don't know how the team is gonna look, we'll see like you wouldn't have you wouldn't have liked those comments either. You would have been like wanting him to be more enthusiastic about you know, our opportunities. So I think that that's something to be said for him being confident. You want your players to be confident. Um, So there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with him feeling good about the caliber of the team that they have, because on paper you, you should. Now, do they have to go out and execute? Absolutely. If his comment is the, the straw that broke the camel's back, then we was not that sturdy to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Um Who's going? Right, right. And I know we're all burned by the dream team, you know, uh, memories, but that was a completely different scenario. Um, he's a homegrown player. He's not some free agent that just catapulted in here on a big deal. You know, um, he would be able to really do give you some, some pretty good information. And then I think Lane said something almost similar, and no one else had the same freak out, you know. <laughs> um so I really do think that sometimes it just depends on who it's coming from. Um, and because Booby hasn't had the best success, people aren't rushing to to trust his, his judgment. His best year was his rookie year. Yeah. And the second year, too. But now, like, he he has to remain healthy. And they have a plethora. How we put them in such a good position? Because you can go with, you can go with Kenny Gainwell. Who I think, if if same, the season not only depends on Jalen, but also depends on that running game in Miles too, and the, helping the receivers get open, because if Miles Sanders has a bad year, and and Kenny Gamewell, and uh, what's a Boston Scott get off? Oh goodness, it's gonna. They already have an in-house replacement for him next year, at a nice. Decent price, even though I think Boston is restricted. But you got Kenny Kenny Gainwell that can come in and be your one A. You pair him with Boston Scott, and then you draft another running back or a free agent. And then, like, so the running game is going to be fine for a while. Miles is make or break for him. He better run like his hair's on fire, and just, just you know what? He doesn't break a lot of tackles. I was mm-hmm. watching um, Monday Morning Quarterback and. They were talking about how Miles Sanders net rarely breaks a tackle. And if you go back and watch some of his runs, he really doesn't. He really yeah, doesn't. no, I definitely um, agree with you there. I th- because he, he kind of dances around a little bit, you know, and I know that made everybody think that he was very similar to, to um, Shady McCoy. Um, but I think his his thing is more a lack of needing – 
space for vision and just maybe an inability to see the hole, just be more decisive, you know, because he has that home running ability. Once he hits the second level, that, that boy's gone, you know? Um, So it really just depends on his ability to kind of be patient, hit his reads, reads his holes, and don't be so quick to just bounce out to the edge, you know, because you know you're faster than everybody. Also be willing to grind out and get those those extra yards. So I really I really hope that Miles um, really takes it upon himself to expand his game to, an, to another level because we know we, you can do the easy things, but can you do the hard things of what makes, you know, um, an a NFL uh, running back, you know, um, a three-down back, you know? <clears throat> and that's something we have to consistently see from him. It's not something that he can't do. It's just something that we don't see consistently. I agree. <clears throat> there was a there was a tweet that I saw the other day that ranked the top. Oh, it was ESPN. They ranked the top positions for on offense for each team. They had the Bengals receivers. They had the Eagles offensive line as a unit, as the best offensive line in the league. And I was like, wow. I'm like, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty special. And he, they, they look pretty deep. Now the question is, what do we do with Andre Dillard? Um, it's, Isaiah what, Samalu. Samalu, uh, contract year. It's going to be very interesting right. to see. I'm very interested to, to get into training camp. And that brings us to our last topic of the night i want to get your um predictions and over and under of like how much should we be reacting to these predictions so what's your what's a prediction that you have for the the eagles upcoming season john i see the eagles up in the record from last year Mm -hmm. i honestly i can see third 13 and 3, 13 and 7, 13 and 4, 13 and 4, mm-hmm. 13 and 4 is the ceiling. Nine, no, I don't, we won't finish 9 and 8 again. The schedule starts off so easy. It's just we got to take care of those games later in the second half. And the last few years, they, they, we look like a, a team built for a, a, a deep whatever, well, like, the year we went four and eleven, we still thought we had a chance to turn it around. Remember, we were like, we can still turn it around. We can still turn it around. Oh, four and eleven. Oh man. Oh, Carson's gone. Oh, because we're delusional, is what you're what you're really saying. But no, not, I, not I necessarily agree. delusional. I think we're really high uh-huh. on their high points. Yeah, and no, sometimes I agree with you. we the, how we see things doesn't always play out like it does. They, they don't mm-hmm. execute. Mm-hmm. They, 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 there's a number of missed, failed opportunities. And then you're like, oh, snap, we lost. But we had 355 yards rushing. Right. No, I agree with you. There's definitely um, way more going for the Eagles than not. I would, I want to say that your, your, your prediction is a little bit of an of a overreaction. 13 wins. I, I don't know. But if we can get to 10, I'll, I'd be happy. I'll be satisfied with, with 10. Um, my, prediction for this season is that we'll have two wide receivers eclipse a thousand yards. What do you think? 
AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. I think that'll be amazing. Both of them are capable of doing that. And Dallas got it close. Damn that and then Quez, there's so many miles to feed in his offense. I can see it happening because as long we just we put we put all the chips in the middle of the table for Jalen. He has yeah. to do it this year. Yeah, no, it's true. All the it's chips true. are in. It's, he has to execute and produce and show improving. Go get this next contract, lock that job up. Because if he doesn't, they're gonna either draft or bring in his heir apparent. And the Eagles are giving everything to him. They want him to be the guy. Mm-hmm. He has to show he can be the guy consistently. His consistently the consistent levels gotten better every year. Every year from high school through now, he's got he's improved. Now he has to be more cerebral um, and really trust his receivers. Throw them open. Don't just throw because you're about to get hit or throw. You know, throw your receivers open. I absolutely agree with you 100%. I definitely did think that we have a lot riding on Jalen's growth and to see a, a, a huge step forward. I think a lot of people keep looking at his uh, stats and sort of comparing him to Josh Allen. So I think that, you know, we'll see if that's um, a fair comparison. And, and, and we have Nina on the show tonight and she, she, she's agreeing with you, John. She got a 13 and four record going on. All right, Nina, I see you. Um, she believes in the Eagles. I, I love, I love the off season because the optimism is at its peak and everybody's excited about the season. So, you know, I just think that um, it's definitely going to be a, a very exciting season. And I know John has a shout out he wants to give before we end the show. So, John, the floor is yours. Thank you very much. I just want to take the time now to shout out Daniel Monroe. Similar, similar to my name was M-U-N-R-O. Uh, he won the Delaware County runner of the year for the 2022 season. He is an amazing pole vaulter, 110 hurdler. Um, he's a um, triathlete as well. And he does the decathlon and he's actually running now at the junior Olympics. Um, His, his father, uh, George Monroe was my coach from second grade and he was my actual high school coach. We won 10 Central League Championships with uh, Coach George, and uh, he's a, a living legend. Um, it's so happy for them, like, because Daniel would always be there with his father, and then he just kind of got into it just by being at the track and to see where he's come. And Coach Monroe is one of the best human beings ever, like, honestly. Uh, somebody that was very important in my life and he introduced track to me through AAU track and I ran all through college because of him, because of him in second grade pushing me. So I know that he's truly proud of his son, Daniel. He's going to California University of Pennsylvania next year Excellent uh, to run track and it's going to be great. So salute to him. Congratulations Daniel, and uh, all the best. All the best. All the best. Congrats, Daniel. All right. Well, that has been another episode of Three Birds and a Punt. Please make sure you are subscribing and download into the podcast, streaming on Apple, Spotify, Megaphone, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Three Birds in a Pond. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, and you can follow us on YouTube at Three Birds in a Pond. You can follow me personally at According to Afia, scrolling down your screen at According to Afia, and you can follow my guy, my boy John. Where can you follow John? John Monroe Jr. John Monroe Jr. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, and you guys have a great night. Have a great night. Go birds. Go birds.